Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast by Mark Madavan. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Hello and welcome to Good Friday. It's a, it's a great time to pause and to reflect on the full Easter story. It's especially a strange time as we're all in isolation and we're not able to gather together as we usually do. And there are lots of thoughts and, and concerns and fears and unknowns before us. Um, but Easter is a time where we focus on who we know, it changes everything. And Good Friday is an important part of doing that. It's not about denying the resurrection power of Jesus, but reflecting on the sacrifice that Jesus uh, made for us in order that we might know God personally. We're going to look at a bit of the story in a few moments, and we're also going to be sharing communion together. So I want to encourage you to to pause the video in a moment and go get some bread and some wine or some juice um, so that we can share in communion. I have some here already and um, I want to encourage us to do that together. So please press the pause and go get some bread and some wine. Good Friday is is such an important part of the whole Easter story. It starts on Monday, Thursday, where Jesus shares the Passover meal, a meal of remembrance with his disciples. And then it unfolds to the scene in the garden. And then when Jesus is betrayed and falsely accused. And, and actually, it's quite a horrendous story of the torture and suffering that Jesus faced um, before we get to the glorious Easter. I want to encourage you to maybe spend some time later today uh, reading the full story just pausing and reflecting on on the sacrifice that Jesus made. Also, if you're part of our wider church family, you would have received an email with a playlist of some suggested worship songs. Um, Or maybe there's some special songs that remind you of Christ's sacrifice. I want to encourage you to spend some time worshipping, just lifting our eyes up and, and with thankful heart and reflective minds of who God is and what he's done. So I want to encourage you to read and to worship. A number of years ago, I had the uh, privilege of visiting Jerusalem and we visited all the different sites that the tour guide took us to. to This is the place where Jesus did that. And this is the place where Jesus did this. And the the giveaway of all these places is they they built a hack and great church building on all of these um, places where they thought that Jesus healed this person or Jesus had that conversation. And I, I sort of understand why they built a big church to commemorate what Jesus did. But if I'm really honest, for me, it, it sort of disconnected me from the story of Jesus. In fact, there was only one place in all of Jerusalem where I suddenly felt my heart and my emotions connected um, with the story of Jesus. And it was a, a little place just outside of Jerusalem uh, towards the Mount of Olives. Uh, the coach stopped and we had to um, walk down this very busy road. Uh, the guide opened a gate, which we went through. And as he closed the gate, something strange happened. It was the, the noise of all the city just uh, disappeared. And as we looked, we suddenly found that we were in an, an olive grove. It was quite a big garden of, of very ancient trees. Some of these trees were thousands of years old. And it was part of the, the olive grove um, that, that Jesus would have visited after uh, he had the Passover meal with his disciples. And as I was there and just reflecting on, on the ancient of these trees, is a, a little fly buzzed past my ear and, and it was something really strange happened in my head. I suddenly um, brought to life and suddenly connected in an emotional way to part of the whole Easter story. 
Um, Kathy's going to read um, some of the story, the passage that jumped to my mind um, from Matthew 26. So, so listen um, to part of this Easter story. Matthew 26, reading from verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. After Jesus shared this meal, is he then wandered down with his disciples to the, the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, there we get incredible insight into to the turmoil that Jesus faced. Uh, Jesus gathered his disciples and he pulled his three closest, uh, Peter, uh, John and James, and says, come closer, guys. I want you to wait and watch with me. Uh, and he says in, in verse 38, he said that my, my soul is, is just full of sorrow to the point of death. So Jesus knew before him was incredible suffering, he also knew that there was an incredible joy of resurrection that would change everything, change the whole dynamic in our relationship with God. But we see in the garden that it wasn't just, a, oh, it's great, we'll do it. Is Jesus also wrestled with the, the pain and the suffering that he has faced. He said to the point of death, he was really, really disturbed in his mind. And then he prayed on three occasions. He prayed, he, he prayed, Father, if there's any way that this cup can be taken from me, now remember the cup. The cup is is that cup of the new covenant. What we share in communion. We'll be doing that in a few moments. He said this cup is the new covenant. It's the new relationship. And yet here we find Jesus saying, Father, if there's any way that this cup can be taken away, but not my will, but yours be done. He then says it again in verse 42. He says, Father, if there is any other way, please, but I'll do what you want. And then again in verse 44, he says, Father, if there is any way, we get this incredible insight that Jesus was, was finding this really hard. If you read the story, you'll know that, that the torture he faced and the humiliation and the false accusations were, were just 
pummeled on him and they spat and they hit him and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they whipped him and they mocked him. The king of all, God in flesh. He knew there was incredible torture. He knew also before him on the cross where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew that there was going to be separation from Father God, the the consequences of sin. Jesus knew that that was before him and he's wrestling in this garden where, where flies are buzzing around, where there's olive trees around him. At that point, salvation, our salvation, our future was was being decided. Jesus had to decide is, will I do what I want or will I do what the Father wants? And we see that Jesus made the choice. Again and again, he said, God, this is hard, but I will do your will. In that garden, there was another wrestle going on. I said earlier that Jesus um, invited his three closest disciples to come and to to watch and pray in the reading we had a few moments ago. And uh, Jesus went a bit further forward and prayed, you know, God, if there's any way, take it away. But not my will, but yours be done. He came back to his disciples and he found that they were sleeping. These these folks who who were saying, I'm following, Peter even swore a a promise to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'll follow you even to death. And you know what? Jesus finds at this point of of heartbreak, of sorrow. And he says, watch with me. And what happened is his disciples had fell asleep. Jesus wakes them up and says, guys, watch with me. Wait for me. This is a really significant moment. Jesus went and prayed again about, Father, if there's any way. He came back and he discovered them asleep again. This time, Jesus doesn't wake them up. That wasn't because Jesus goes, oh, it didn't matter. Because twice he says, guys, watch with me. This is really significant. I need you to be with me. And yet what they decided in this point of what shall I do? They followed their own heart, their own tiredness, their own agenda. They sort of hooked out of what Jesus was doing and they got consumed with what they're doing. And the sad thing is, is I think often in in life, it's so easy to find ourselves instead of saying, God, what you will, I will follow is is what I want to do is, is I follow my own desires, my own thoughts. I, I hear the news. I, I, I hear what's around and I'm going, I want to do what I think. In that garden, there was a wrestle in both of them. Now, Jesus had a much more serious wrestle because the the eternal salvation of, of us all was in the balance. The disciples were just called to walk with Jesus and to watch with him. I'm so glad that Jesus, the one I follow, the one we follow is the one who said, not my will, but yours be done. In his obedience, everything changed. The disciples in their disobedience, in their tiredness, in their, oh, I'm willing, but I'm tired. What Jesus did is still chose right and provided a way. This Good Friday, as we remind ourselves of the the sacrifice of Jesus, it's good to stop and remember with thankfulness that, that Jesus says, yes, I will seek your kingdom, Father. It's also good for us to remember that this is the call that Jesus puts on us, to be people who seek first his kingdom. I said at the, the beginning of this, this talk is that we're going to be sharing communion together. The communion meal that Jesus said for us to share every time we meet together. And, and I want to share with the bread and the wine with you now. 
I know you can't have my bread and I can't have yours, that we're separated by distance, but actually we're united by the saviour who saved me and you. Before we we eat the bread and the wine, I I want us to, to come and to confess. To confess the times where instead of saying, yes, God, I will seek your kingdom first. Yes, God, I will follow your way. I will take up the cross. Even though it's hard, I want to say, yes, Jesus, because your way is better. Is have a time where we say, God, I'm sorry. And also to say, thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you said yes. In the face of everything that that was saying, do something else. Even your heart, Jesus, that you said, I want to do something else. You still went, but I will submit my will to you, Father. I want to spend a little bit of time where we just confess our sins. So let's pray together. Jesus, during this Easter week, as we uh, hear lots of different things and we have new pressures on us and we can't meet as we usually do, as we focus in and look at that incredible obedience of Jesus, how God in flesh, who could have called down legions to change things, said, I will still do what my father says. Jesus, thank you for saying yes. Thank you. Thank you. But God, I also ask for your forgiveness. For the times when I've said, no, my will first. For the times when I've pursued my own ideas and my own preferences and prejudices. Where I've, where I've used you just as a fix it. God, fix this to match what I want. Instead of saying, God, I want to follow you. For as we share in this bread and this wine in a few moments time, I want to pray that there may be something more significant happening. Around the whole church, the church that's scattered and dispersed in lots of households, that you, by your presence in all of our households, that you will do something incredible and miraculous. Link us again to you and to one another as we share in the bread and the wine. God, we ask for you to fill this time and place, to fill us, to forgive us, to reconnect us with you. Amen. In scripture, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. That Jesus' death and resurrection, it makes it possible for us to be holy and clean. See, communion isn't about those who are perfect. It's about those who know they need Jesus, who know that Jesus died in their place and rose again to bring us life. Jesus, on that night that he was betrayed, he, he, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he, he, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat this in, in remembrance of me, of who I am of what I've said, of what I've done, because in my body you find life, the bread of life. So eat, let's eat together. In the same way, after they'd eaten supper in bread, Jesus took a cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. My blood that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. See, this cup is is the sealing agreement 
that Jesus' death and resurrection makes between us and God. It's the very cup that Jesus was saying, could you take it away from me, Father? Because this is costing me so, so much. And yet he's still out of obedience to the Father and out of love for you and me. He said, your will be done, Father. So let's drink in remembrance of the incredible love and sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus said, whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, what you're doing is you are proclaiming what I've done until I return again. Because the good thing, the amazing thing, the tremendous thing of Easter is it brings us into relationship, but it also says that there's a future, that Jesus is coming back, that Jesus is going to make all things new, that this messed up, confusing world that Jesus has brought his salvation in, it's going to come to a conclusion where Jesus reigns, where Jesus is Lord, where God's kingdom comes fully. We eat and we drink in declaration of what he's done and what he's going to do. Let's pray again for our world that so desperately needs to know that and to hear that. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your sacrifice and your willingness to be obedient to the Father and to save us. Father, we, we live in a world that's very confused, that, that has so much fear around us, so much uncertainty. We have that in our hearts and in our homes and in our community and around our world. I thank you, Jesus, that, that your salvation changes everything. We thank you for your goodness, for your love, for your forgiveness. We thank you that at your table, you invite all who put their faith in you to receive that comfort, to receive that strength, to receive new life. I pray that over everyone who's watching now. I pray that that may reach further, Father, that your church may grow wider and wider because we're not dependent on something that we do. We're dependent on what you have done, Jesus. Our world that so desperately needs you. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters around this world, that they may draw strength from you. For those who are lost and just confused, I just pray, Jesus, that you will shine in and reveal your love to them again. Father, I thank you that we can have confidence. We have confidence because Jesus did not stay dead. But he was risen by the power of the Holy Spirit to new life and is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We thank you that we worship. We are part of a living family with a living God. We declare this truth over our lives and each other lives and our world that your kingdom may come and that your will may be done in all aspects of this world, of my life, of our lives. We say this and pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for spending time this Good Friday. Encourage you to read the story, worship a little bit more. And remember, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. The glorious 
day where we celebrate the risen Lord Jesus, the one who changes everything. I want to encourage you to to join us Sunday morning, uh, to invite your friends and connect up, share the hope that Jesus brings. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining in with communion. And I pray God's blessing on you.